time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secret Show. And it is hard, but it also gives us the greatest rewards. And that's what I feel like we need to approach our health with as well. And if you're just starting out on this journey, it seems overwhelming because you don't know how good it feels to feel better. This podcast is brought to you by Organifi and the Biohacker Bundle. So as entrepreneurs, biohackers, and busy professionals, we understand the importance of eating healthy. But there never seems to be enough time, and it can get really expensive. Well, one of my best biohacking secrets for spending as much time as possible in a state of peak physical and mental performance and getting my body and mind what they need is the Biohacker Bundle. And here's how I use it. Every morning, we wake up and we're depleted and dehydrated. That's why you want to start your day with a big glass of clean water, and I add one or two scoops of Organifi green juice. It's got this super herb, ashwagandha, in it that's been shown in scientific studies to increase your resistance to stress, so that rather than waiting till later in the day when that stress arises, by starting your day with this Organifi green juice, you increase your resistance to stress and increase the probability that you're going to be more cool, calm, and collected throughout the day. Then, after your workout, comes Organifi Complete Protein. It's USDA organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, soy-free, dairy-free, and vegan. And it provides your body with the amino acids and protein it needs to rebuild after a workout and most importantly, maintain healthy body composition. Then at some point in the afternoon, you're going to need a break. That's where you come in with Organifi Red Juice. It's got cordyceps that keeps your body and brain oxygenated so that you avoid that afternoon energy dip that can slow you down and keep you from hitting your goals. And last but not least, Organifi Gold. I use this every night as I'm winding down for bed. It's got turmeric in there, which is one of the world's most powerful anti-inflammatories. But my favorite ingredient is the lemon balm because it helps your body relax and slip into that deep restful night's sleep where you're sleeping like a baby and you're waking up charged up, excited, and ready to take on the day. And if you want to put the biohacking bundle to work for you, go to www.organifi.com forward slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, and enter discount code biohacks to save 20%. It's the best biohacking secret I've found for maintaining physical and mental performance throughout the day, and I've tested thousands. To get yours, go to www.organifi.com forward slash biohacks and enter discount code biohacks to save 20% now. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Jennifer Scribner is a nutrition, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, and restorative wellness practitioner. She's the author of the book, From Mac and Cheese to Veggies, Please, How to Get Your Kid to Eat New Foods and Picky Eating Forever and Stay Sane in the Process, which is based on her work with hundreds of clients, and it details how any parent can dramatically change the diet of their pickiest kids. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. How did you get started in this area of helping kids and parents who are picky eaters? Well, I became a GAPS diet practitioner and the GAPS diet, for those who don't know, is gut and psychology syndrome. So it's all about the gut brain connection. And I ended up 
attracting clients with kids that were on the autism spectrum or with sensory processing disorders or kids with Crohn's disease, kids that had really serious issues with their health. And with the GAPS diet, we're eating bone broth, we're eating fermented foods, we're including organ meats. So, you know, it's a, it's a whole foods traditional diet with some tweaks to it. And parents were like, I really want to do this. I believe this is going to be healing to my kid, but I don't think they will ever eat those foods. So I had to figure out, you know, how can we get these things in? What strategies can we use to actually get these kids eating the foods that are going to be so nourishing to them? And it was really a lot of trial and error and success with a lot of the early parents because I myself actually don't have kids either. (laughs) And it was just learning through them, from them and with them, and then doing some research and kind of combining those things together. So you had to get a little stealthy with sneaking some of these foods that like the kids needed to heal and overcome some of these digestive challenges into their diet without, um, was it without them knowing or was it, was it, is your approach transparency based? It depends on the kids and the parents and what they're willing to do. So for some parents, it's like, okay, this is it. We're changing the diet. That's, you know, you're eating this and it is very transparent. And it's just kind of that we're going to wait around for them to do it. (laughs) They're not going to starve themselves to death. (laughs) But for other kids, I had one kid with Crohn's disease who he's like, I hate the gap side. I don't want to eat any of these foods. And then we start putting everything in the smoothies. And he told everybody I'm not on the gap side anymore, but he was a hundred percent on the gap diet. He just didn't realize that all this stuff was being introduced into other foods that his mom was making that he did like. Nice. So when I was dealing with a lot of digestive issues, I started with the GAPS diet and some variations thereof a few years ago. Um, For listeners who may be struggling with suboptimal digestion, Crohn's, colloidus, IBS, can you give us a little bit of an overview of the GAPS, gut and psychology syndrome uh, diet and, and sort of how you practically apply it? Yeah, so it is a, it's related to a lot of other diets. It was based on specific carbohydrate diet. And then there was kind of some additional, which that was developed in the 50s, I believe. And there was some additional research that went in by Dr. Natasha and Campbell McBride, who wrote the GAPS book to kind of update it with some other modern science that had come about. So it's similar to paleo. It can be keto at times. So it's a lot of those type of things. It's grain-free. There's a real focus on fats in particular and getting fat soluble nutrients. It's really nutrient dense. It includes meat, but there's a foundation of meat stocks, fermented foods at every meal, and that focus on nutrient density. But the other aspects that makes it different than some other eating plans is that it's not just the food. We also look at detoxifying the household products and and bringing down that burden that we're faced with every day. And then also detoxifying the body both through nutrition and then at some point through, you know, baths, through juicing, through some other added modalities. But that aspect is a little unique to other digestive focused plans. All right, cool. Um, With the detoxification, that is an element. Did you add that later because you found it was necessary and clients, were they not progressing when you only focused on nutrition? I'm not sure how it came about with Dr. Natasha, other than looking at when, you know, kids with autism that were doing chelation therapy, we're we're doing a lot of that. And so was how can we do that naturally and upregulate the body? Because we're always detoxifying. We have these organs that are doing that for us. But so many of us, those are nutrient run processes. So if we aren't including the nutrients that do that, we're going to have a slowed down detoxification system. So we look at it as foundationally restoring that ability to the body, but then also reducing everything in the environment. And I found that to be really crucial, especially with kids and adults that are highly sensitive with mood, with behavior. And then of course, with things like eczema, rashes, asthma, those, you know, we often only think about your laundry detergent when it's causing you a rash or something, but it can be much more than that. So if we can address all those things in the home, there's, you know, less phthalates we're breathing in that type of stuff. There's less for the body to process. So it can actually get caught up on this backlog that may be stored within the body. 
And with so many toxins in our environment, we've got the environmental toxins, we've got infections and some of those toxins that come from within. We've got the uh, electromagnetic environments that, that produces toxins biologically. What have you found to be, I mean, there's, you can drive yourself nuts trying to do everything. And I mean, hundreds of thousands of toxins we're talking about. So through your experimentation, trial and error, and piggybacking off of the experience of uh, Dr. Natasha McBride as well, what have you found to be like the low hanging fruit that makes the biggest difference for the largest cross section of people? That's why I feel like the diet is foundational because, you know, getting the sugar out of the diet in particular cutting off the sources of food for the microbes so that we're not adding to those toxins within our body. That is very foundational to me, but I'm also, I, I think good quality, pure water is really important. Sleep what's your, really your go-to source of water? It depends on where people live and what they're, you know, what's available to them. Fortunately here in Portland, we don't have fluoride in the water, so we don't have that issue. You can do filtration, but that's not common everywhere. So often if people are highly sensitive, especially I want people drinking a, a spring water, a completely, you know, unprocessed water. And that might mean going to collect it <laughs> if that's available, or it might I, mean getting a service. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's the kind of stuff I, I do for fun when I travel, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, getting really pure water and getting people well hydrated as, as well, because if they're not getting enough hydration, they're not getting the fluids to process through the body. They don't have enough, you know, interstitial, inter intercellular fluids, that type of thing like that in itself can help everything process out. Um, and then focusing on sleep, getting people to sleep at an earlier hour, getting a regular bedtime, getting enough time in bed, turning off the lights, getting a ritual around winding down is so important. And I've had clients where, you know, months I'll be like, we got to change your sleep. And then finally I'm like, just 15 minutes earlier, you're going to go to bed. Just move your get ready for bed routine 15 minutes earlier, not your bedtime, but you're getting ready for bed because that's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. And even just that can make such a difference in how people feel with their mood and their energy, you know, on the subsequent days. So those micro changes that don't seem like it's going to be huge can really add up. Okay. Awesome. And then there, there's a connection here that's been discussed and, and observed by many functional medicine practitioners and experts in the space with exposure to heavy metals and, um, some of the, the autism, autism related, um, disorders that are experienced. How much of this have you seen it being a case of genetics, load the gun environment, pulls the trigger. Maybe there's exposure via, um, the V word and, or, um, you know, or even there, there's, there's a number of heavy metals in our environment. How much is, is there a relationship there that you've observed and how much is chelation? Um, have you seen it be beneficial with kids? Yeah. So I believe that that is how autism develops, that there is something triggering. It can be various things, but it, and it's not just one thing as Dr. Natasha talks about, you know, it, it can start with, there can be vaccines in a poor immune system to begin with. We don't have the right gut flora. Then we feed kids, you know, Cheerios and rice as some of their first foods. And so they're getting these GMO grains that they can't digest. And so it just kind of sets the stage for everything to go wrong. So I don't believe it's like just one factor. It's, you know, a syndrome of different things. Yeah. But the... The toxicity, to me, that's where kind of like the money is in the GAPS diet. Like that's the long-term benefit because you can correct diet, but the longer you go with that nourishment, the longer you go with reduced toxicity and working through that backlog, that's where you feel better and better. That's been my experience and that's what I see in my clients as well. And I don't um, advocate like IV chelation or anything like that with my clients specifically, we really work on bringing the nutrients in. And that's part of why the fats are so important because the minerals are not absorbed unless they're present with fat at that same meal. So we want to get lots and lots of minerals in because part of how we can absorb these heavy metals is they can take the place of a useful mineral in the body if we're deficient in that. So for instance, if we don't have enough calcium in the bones, they'll take in lead because it can be stored there and it's similar. 
similar size shape, but of course not the right structure. So as we bring calcium back into the body, as we get ourselves nourished, we get ourselves digesting, absorbing those minerals, then we can release that naturally from the body. And it doesn't have to be something terribly uncomfortable, but you know, we look at doing that for a couple of years, just with some basic diet, with some baths, with some bath additives, with doing juicing to concentrate the, the nutrients in some, in some ways of like absorb more of that. A lot of cooked vegetables, because you can eat a lot of cooked, uh, a lot more minerals and cooked vegetables as they cook down and the water cooks out. And then adding something maybe like a humic fulvic acid, like those are more of the approaches that we look at with GAPS. Um, there can be sometimes homeopathic detox. It really depends on the individual and how they can tolerate different things. Because people who are highly sensitive, we often have to go really, really slow. All right, nice. I like that you brought that up because I was going to ask, there are some cases of extreme compromised digestion and um, where, where almost any solid food is a problem. What do you do in those instances? And, and if you feel like touching on it too, you mentioned fermented foods a lot. It seems like there's also a good amount of people that struggle with fermented foods, having a histamine, a histamine reaction that may be related to parasites. But I guess in this, this question is around troubleshooting and these extreme cases. What do you, what do you do in, in the most extreme of cases? So if it's extreme digestion, like a Crohn's disease, like we have a chronic diarrhea, we really can't tolerate many foods at all. I do a no plant diet at first where we're really just having meat stocked, well-cooked meat stuff. And then it's just adding fats. There's, you know, very little digestion needed for those things. It's like, that's why we do the long, slow cooked meats so that it's easier for us to assimilate. And then adding a little bit of probiotic food to that. And that can be something like whey, like that you've dripped from your yogurt. That can be very well tolerated. And then the lactic acid can help firm up the stools. So that's what I've seen be most useful for a period of time. And often it's a week or two of no plant. And everybody feels like, oh my gosh, if I don't eat plants, you know, I'm going to die tomorrow. Like I'm going to be so unhealthy. But you're listening to your body doing what works for it. That if you have extremely irritated digestion, even a cooked plant matter can be like sandpaper scratching down it. So we just need to cut out all the fiber, let that heal. Your small intestine heal, you know, turns over cells very rapidly. So we want to get some of that healing going before we try adding in a little bit of that. And when it comes to the fermented foods, when it comes to so many things, and partly because I've worked with people who are really chronically ill and highly sensitive, people want to go too fast. And that is the thing that I've learned again and again with clients is to just slow down, go at your body's pace. You will get there. You don't want your life to be completely miserable <laughs> during this time. You know, if it's going to take you three years, then we need to make that three years livable and manageable for you. So often people want to start out with you know, a kraut juice or a beet kvass and they're like drinking eight ounces of it. And then they're running to the bathroom where they're feeling terrible headache or they got to go to sleep. You know, some of the things that happened to me when I first tried it. Um, and we don't realize we need to go really slow. So in some cases I have people start with one drop of something like that's the level that I've worked with. And we work up by a drop every few days or once a week to get them acclimated. If they're having a really strong like Herxheimer reaction with these fermented foods. Beautiful. And um, what are some of the, you mentioned adding fats and how well tolerated those are. What are some of the specific fat sources that you go to a lot and some of the foods that you found to be most healing, um, especially at the extreme um, end of the spectrum? Yeah. So that the other factor is that people will say, oh, I'm eating so much fat. And I'm like, tell me specifically how much you're eating. <laughs> so with the GAPS diet, and when we're really working in this healing phase, we're looking at, you know, one to four tablespoons total per meal. So often people are like, I added a teaspoon of something. That's so much fat because we've been in this low fat paradigm. So we're really increasing that as long as people are able to, you know, digest that, which may take time and work up slowly. There's a big emphasis on the animal fats, looking at grass-fed ghee is what we have at the start of the GAPS diet because it's very easy to digest. You don't need your gallbladder for it. Um, coconut oil is the same way, so you don't have to have the 
healthy working gallbladder <laughs> to digest either of those fats. But then anything that's naturally occurring, and of course I'm you know advocating grass-fed animal meats and the fats that go along with that, lard from pigs that have been out in the sun is a great source of vitamin D. Um, also, you know, mono um, monosaturated fats. And so be, if you can get that locally, that's awesome. And then a lot of olive oil, some avocado oil, we want to make sure we have those oleic acids and then getting in the fish and seafood. So just having a balance of naturally occurring old timey fats that your grandparents would have known about <laughs> none of the, you know, seed oils and not anything that's processed, hydrogenated, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Before we circle back to some of the psychology and strategies you use to help get kids on board, and even for parents who are like used to eating like kids, um, tell me a little bit about these baths, the, the recipe that you guys use there, and some of your go-to detox juices that you guys have found helpful. Yeah, so baths, we will, and again, this can be something that can actually cause a significant Herxheimer reaction in some people. So you want to look at how hot your water is, how much of a bath additive you're using, but often it can be really gentle. And, and a Herxheimer reaction for the listeners who aren't familiar. So that's a detox reaction. So that's kind of the medicalized term for what we would say is a detox reaction where it's kind of pulling something too fast and you're feeling it. And often it is an increase of a symptom you already have. So if you have mood issues, if you have skin issues, those things will often get worse as you're introducing these things that you're trying to remove from the body or, you know, you're having die off from adding fermented foods, same type of reaction. Yeah. You're basically like detoxing faster than your body can get rid of it and process it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, and the skin is a way that we can take in some nutrients and let some things out. And so that's why we like to do the baths because that can be very gentle. Sometimes we'll start with just foot baths if that's what people can tolerate. But we will do things like baking soda, which is very softening to the skin, particularly people that have eczema or skin issues that can be very calming, changing the pH so that the bacteria isn't living on the outside. Um, natural uh, mineralized sea salts, Epsom salt, um, magnesium flakes can be another one. Uh, seaweed powder is really great. It's kind of like taking a bath in a tide pool, but That's you're getting tons of minerals. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't put seaweed powder in my baths before. It's kind of a fun one. It's you got to clean your bathtub afterwards, so it's a little extra effort. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then apple cider vinegar of the seaweed powder. I like seaweed powder from Mountain Rose Herbs because you can buy it bulk there. And I find if you buy the ones that are meant to be for the bath, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they're often much more expensive because they're labeled as bath products versus something that's just bulk. Same stuff basically though. Yeah, yeah, same stuff. Just get it in the powdered form. And then we add a quarter cup of the seaweed powder. A, a half a cup is typical for the other type of bath additives. Sometimes we'll go higher on that, but you really... Again, you want to start out on the lower end, see how you tolerate it. When I first began doing Epsom salt baths, which can often be really strong for people, I would feel almost exhausted at the end of it. And like, um, you know, my heart would be racing. I would feel a little bit lightheaded. And what I found is that I, if I would go outside and I would be barefoot in the grass and ground myself, and that would really help everything calm within my system. So that's another kind of tip for people to use if you're feeling that intense reaction to actually just go outside and ground. Nice. And that's probably even better when it's when there's a little bit of snow on the ground or, or <laughs> rain on the ground for those who are like we have here in Portland. Plenty yeah, of moisture. There you go. That's where <laughs> Portland's fantastic. Um, okay. So the recipe ingredients, and then I'm going to have you kind of just recap the quantities, the seaweed, baking soda, apple cider vinegar, Epsom salt, anything I'm missing? The, is it baking soda, magnesium flakes? And that's in addition to the Epsom salt, magnesium so flakes? These are one at a time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So right. you kind of rotate through different baths each day on the oh. GAPS diet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So a quarter cup of seaweed. What's your go to quantity of baking soda? So for everything else, a half a cup. 
Okay. Oh, that makes it easy. So half a cup of baking soda, half a, half a cup apple cider vinegar, half a cup Epsom salt. And then do you increase those quantities as like the individual's tolerance increases? I mean, sometimes, but it's also how much of that do you want to go through? You know, I sometimes will increase quantity. Sometimes we'll increase temperature and kind of get a little bit of that sweating effect going as well. And so that's kind of my, I think, preferred method. What's up, guys? Anthony DiClemente here, and this message is brought to you by Buy Optimizers. So a few years ago, I was in a frustrating situation. After just about every meal, I would experience gas, bloating, stomach distension, constipation, even diarrhea. And this three-month gut reset protocol completely changed the game. I'd tried a ton of things. Nothing had really worked that well until I did this. So what I did was I combined masszymes by optimizers enzyme formulation that helps to break down protein and increase your own immune system's effectiveness with their probiotic at a specific dosage of 10 capsules of masszymes with five capsules of the p3on probiotic taken in the morning on an empty stomach and then at night on an empty stomach and right away i started seeing some positive improvements then i added another six capsules of the masszymes and three capsules of the p3on probiotic before each meal and a few months of that, specifically three months, nine bottles worth, my gut was almost completely fixed. Throwing a little bit of gasoline on the fire, I made sure to fast for 14 to 16 hours between dinner and my first meal the next day to increase autophagy, upregulate the immune system, and help clear out some of the other viruses, bacteria, even parasites that can inhabit our, our gut. And that made a massive difference for me. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it will probably make a massive difference for you. So if you guys wanna check out that gut reset protocol, it requires nine bottles of the masszymes, nine bottles of the P3OM, and you can get it at buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. We've got all the discount codes already applied and put together a nice, a, a nice way for you guys to save on the package when you go there. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M. I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. And you'll see the three-month gut reset protocol that includes nine bottles of masszymes and nine bottles of P3OM. Take it as recommended and you will see a huge improvement in your gut health. Check it out. Let's circle it back to getting everyone on board because um, none of this even happens unless the parents buy into it, the kids buy into it. So how do you, how do you start for the parents who don't have a solid foundation? And on top of that, the kids who, um, who have health issues going on, but very little interest in changing their, the way that they're eating. I usually, I recommend that the parents actually start with themselves first with whatever dietary change that they want to make, because if you're going to feel a little bit of detox or die off, you want to get through that and feel a little crabby while your kids are still happy. Oh. <laughs> you also want to get good at whatever cooking you need to do. So if you're new to making a meat stock or if you're new to making a pot roast and that's going to be part of this new eating plan for you, get a little comfortable in the kitchen with that because those are the real base foundations. You're going to be more forgiving than your kids are with recipes not turning out quite perfect. And so I, I like people to do a couple weeks prior to their kids, you know, and then it really depends on the age of your kids and what their motivation is. If they're old enough to have their own motivation, if you're working with a really young kid, you kind of just got to decide what you're going to do and then set your attitude to like, we're doing this. I'm not going to get emotional about it. Like these are just the new rules. I'm here to help everybody engage with this, but this isn't so personal. It's hard to do that, but you don't want to feed into your kids emotional. Like you guys don't want to go be emotional together. If you're like, okay, that's it. No more sugar today. Or, you know, we're, we're trying this new thing and the kids are throwing a tantrum. You don't want to meet them at that place. <laughs> you right. want to be like, cool, throw, you know, throw your fit, whatever. This food's still on the table. If you feel hungry, come get it. Um, <laughs> so that attitude like little is receivers, they pick up on, on everything that we do. And if like, we're coming yes. from a place of like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but we're going to do it because <laughs> Jen told me I have to, and the kids are going to pick up on that and be like, no, I don't want to do it either. Yeah. 
And everybody in the household needs to be on board with this plan as well, especially if you're doing something that's dramatically different. Because often in my practice, it's mom who's really in charge of meals. Dad's like, yeah, fine, do this. We want it to be better, but they aren't really bought into it. Energetically, no, like he might take pity on me, you know, early in my practice, like we you know, start doing implementing the GAPS diet on like a Monday and then the kids would not be eating and mom would be upset and dad would call me on Thursday yelling at me angry. No. <laughs> you know, my wife is crying. My kids are starving. <laughs> <laughs> my pets are to, going like, off. Explain the bigger picture to them. So I made a point of like, okay, everyone needs to be on board before we begin this now. Um, and, and, and exactly to your point about energy, especially kids that are on the autism spectrum, they're highly, highly sensitive to energy and attention. And I see that so vividly in their connections to their parents that they really pick up on those stresses. So really getting yourself to a point where you feel confident, where you feel clear on what your goals are is so important because I want people to get prepared, start, stick with it. Don't stop. <laughs> you, you restart again. The kids feel like that I won that round. Next time I just need to put up a little more fight and I could win again. So it's really important to start from the right place. With older kids, it can really be what is their motivation? Are they having anxiety? Are they having, you know, stomach aches? Are they, you know, getting into their tween years and they're starting to have acne? What is their motivation that they would want to change. And often they won't, you know, you're not going to say, oh yeah, let's change forever. But say, can we, you know, give this a trial for a month? Let's see how it goes and really find a way to work with them on that where it's an experiment. They're Mm -hmm. building curiosity. They're understanding how the food is making them feel and connect them with their own body and their own emotions again and again, so that they really internalize these changes. And that way, you know, we can't force their change, how they eat all the time when they're not around us, you know, are they going to be binging on these other foods? If so, that's cool too. How does that make them feel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they come home bouncing off the walls and like, oh, what is different about this? You had a really good time at this party until you had the cake. And then it was like, you, you know, you kind of broke down and were really upset. Have those conversations with your own openness and curiosity just to help them, you know, feel this out and see how these things are really impacting them. Cause that's the only thing that's really going to stick with them long-term and making better choices. And so it sounds like identifying the pain that the child has and cares about that the child wants to get rid of, um, and, and helping that your, you know, your kid make the connection between the cause of this pain is some, it's likely some of these things that you're eating and, I want to help, you know, we both want you to feel better. Um, and in order to do that, let's do an experiment. Yeah. And and so it's not permanent. It's not like, Hey, you can't eat cake for the rest of your life. You want to do it long enough so that your child can make the connection that this food makes me feel like garbage. Right. Anything else in there that you found helpful or any scripts that like where, where parents are like, yeah, but you don't know, you don't know my kid. My kids are a terror. They, you know, they won't go for this. What else have you found helpful? And some, so sometimes with teenagers, especially they don't, they can't hear it from you. <laughs> so that can be <clears throat> a time where you'll do something like watching a, a film together, like on a Netflix or, you know, a documentary about sugar or about a specific type of diet plan and health issues. Then that can be motivating because they'll see it from someone else's perspective rather than you kind of forcing this onto them. What's the best um, thing? It kind of depends on the issue. There's one recently, I can't think of the name, about keto. <clears throat> there's, there's ones about keto. There's ones about corn. I'm sorry, I can't think of them offhand right now. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and there's then like there's, there's different ones. knives and... Yeah, uh, that one is like more of a vegan style, which I don't really agree with there. Yeah. (laughs) Then there's a couple that are about just sugar and how much sugar we have in our diet. And having, you know, kids understand that can be useful and and kind of see for themselves rather than hear it straight from you. And then there are other kids that are really sciencey. And they want to kind of be their own detective. And so you can talk about something like artificial colors. And then if you're at the grocery store, they can be in charge of, you know, finding the product that doesn't have the artificial color that would be appropriate. And so they can take a little initiative there. And then I also think it's really, really 
important for many reasons to get our kids involved in preparing food and, um, you know, cooking and teaching them. If you have any gardening or you pick, like getting kids involved in that process, they're much more likely to try something new if they've got some skin in the game, if they helped, you know, shred something, peel something, whisk something, grow something, that, that builds a lot more curiosity and a lot more, you know, pride of like, oh, I contributed to this. So now I'm willing to try something that maybe I wasn't in, you know, at other meals. I like that. And, and your approach is there's a little bit of like jujitsu involved and teamwork and psychology. <laughs> and I dig that. And at the same time, if, if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this sounds like a lot of work. Like, yeah, it is. Anytime you want to make a change in your life for the better, it's work. You want to make more money, it's work. You want to get in shape, it's work. If you want to get rid of health issues that many people live with for their entire lives and it dramatically compromises their ability to live the life that they were put here to live, it's work. And you got it, a lot of that work is front loaded, learning some new shit. So you need to be the fucking adult in this situation and like take care of your own psychology first and be good with it and understand it is what it is. There aren't shortcuts. There are biohacks that can make it easier where if like, if there's two ways to achieve something and one is less energy and effort and time, let's go with that. That's what we're here to reveal. But at the same time, if you're trying to do it without work, it's not going to happen. So that was, that was just a little tough love moment, but. <laughs> and I agree completely. Love, love That's truth. what I say <laughs> about commitment. It is work just like all of the other most important things in our life. You know, that's what I compare it to getting your education, getting advanced in your career, your marriage, raising kids in general, like all of those things you put forth this effort into and it is hard, but it also gives us the greatest rewards. And that's what I feel like we need to approach our health with as well. And if you're just starting out on this journey, it seems overwhelming because you don't know how good it feels to feel better. <laughs> and that's why you have to experiment with it. Because when you realize that there is another level that you've never felt before, then you have the energy to do these different things. You have the motivation. You want to keep going. You don't want to slide back from that. That was what happened with me, that there was energy that came forth and a mental clarity that I had never experienced. So that's, that, those are my bellwether things. When those things start slipping, I know that I'm slipping too much on my lifestyle and I want to get back to that level. So it's just, you, you got to experiment to get to that point in the first place. I like that. Yeah. A, a lot of these breakthroughs do come from a willingness to experiment and say, all right, I may try three things and only keep one, but that one thing can completely transform your health. Yes. Nice. Um, what troubleshooting things do you see come up a lot where someone's they're mentally committed, they've made the decision, their kids are on board, but people not planning in advance for things to go awry. So find a restaurant that you can go to when the crap hits the fan and you need to go out, you need a night off of cooking. There has, you know, you can look up something that's paleo or organic or farm to table. There has to be something in your vicinity that you can have as a go-to when things are falling apart. That way you're not just like, oh, I throw up my hands and now we're just going to have pizza and it's all over with. So make that plan in advance. Same thing with overcommitting themselves because this has to be a priority and there's never a perfect balance in life, but when you're really valuing something like this, you've got to put it first and you've got to say, okay, there might be some other things that I just have to say no to at the moment with, you know, extracurricular activities. <laughs> and so setting those aside for a period of time until you have this new lifestyle down, because as you're learning these things, it can take some time and effort, but then you know it, you know, for me, it's like all these things are just part of my routine. They barely take any, you know, more time. It's just on repeat for me. And that's the point where you can expand socially a little bit more and still stay on track. So recognizing that this does take a little extra time and commitment up front. And then family members that are negative or friends that are really negative, they may need to be out of communication for a little bit at the beginning, because if you have people in your life who feel like it's torture to not give your kids sugar 
or, you know, feel like you're some sort of child abuser because you want your kids to eat vegetables every night. Like they're, you know, our family and our, and our friends, they have their own baggage about food. And if they're trying to project that onto you and you're struggling in that moment, you're having a hard day. They're the ones that will encourage you to quit when you really need to be speaking to people who are like, I get you. I understand what your vision is here. Keep going. Like give it another day. You can get through this hard moment with your kid, not wanting to eat this particular meal, like see it through. So being mindful of who you're associating with in those moments as well. That's good advice. Period. If someone's, if someone's negative about your food, they probably don't limit it to that category of your life. And, um, yeah, your food choices really personally, especially when it comes to family, you know, you're not eating grandma's cookies anymore. You're not participating in our tradition. So you really have to understand what they're coming from. And often when we change our eating plan, people, have to question their own eating, whether we are saying anything about them or not, they start feeling like we're judging them. So they're taking things much more personally than we intend them. So something to be mindful of. Yeah, that's great. And a couple of your go-to like products that you can get on Amazon, whether it's a certain type of bar or something like that, a a mason jar of bone broth, things that, that can be brought with you when you're going to be busy. Um, what are a few of your go-tos? Yeah. So especially when I, I love to travel and so, and I love to feel good still. So I will grab something like kettle and fire broth and just warm that up whatever way I can as I'm traveling. Um, I love at home red boat fish sauce. You can pour that into anything and change the flavor of it. And it is amazing. (laughs) Um, coconut aminos are another thing like that. And bars, I kind of don't have a super favorite. I tend to do meat sticks, mm-hmm. um, just a different paleo varieties of meat sticks. Those are one of my go-tos. And then I'll do like sprouted nuts and seeds. Those are some of my kind of travel treats. Oh, and those little packages of olives. I can't think of the brands. I apologize. Oh, <laughs> but they cool. have those little little packs of marinated olives that are really clean. Those are a great um, snack or travel thing as well. And then I always carry a little salt shaker, the real salt that they make the baby shaker. I always have that with me so that I'm not getting processed salts if I need to add something when I'm eating out. And then I'll usually travel with a little bit of olive oil as well. So I don't have to worry about salad dressings at restaurants and getting a bunch of canola oil. Those are great. Awesome. Awesome tips. Um, Anything else on the, on the troubleshooting side or is that, is, are those the main things that come up? The last thing I would say about that is just realizing that when you make a change like this, there will be something unpleasant or negative that comes about at first as your body is readjusting or as your kids are readjusting. So it's never like, Oh, I decided this and now everything's going up. Like healing changing is like this process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The general trajectory is this direction, but there's going to be some ups and downs. So just recognize that up front that it's not all going to be perfect, but you just keep going. You just keep taking that next step and it doesn't have to be perfect every single day for you to get much greater health than you have right now. I love it. Are you up for a short rapid fire round? Okay. (laughs) All right, cool. So these are going to be some one, two word answers in some cases, you know, like a sentence is required, but we're We'll rattle through some fun things and whatever is the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. All right. What was the last book you read and loved? Oh, I read so many books. Well, the last book I read was a fiction book called The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert. Nice. Very long book. Very odd story. Very just beautiful journey to go on. (laughs) Love it. Your definition of healthy. Hmm. My definition of healthy is a lot about prioritizing mindset, taking the time for yourself every day to think through your choices and to not over-focus on it, to let something slide, but more of that 80-20 life choices. 
Nice. What's one product that you can't live without? Mm. My gosh, I feel like there's so many. <laughs> what am I super into right now? Mm. <clears throat> there's so many things. I'm really into essential oils. So like those are most of what comes to mind for me. <laughs> um, which one which that, one's your favorite? Yeah. The one that I really love so much is frankincense because I, that's one that I put on my skin after the shower and it just seems to help me with having a nice skin tone. So that's a favorite. doTERRA young living. I do young living. Yeah. Young living. All right. Nice. And that frankincense is also, there's, there's a good amount of, of research behind it in terms of its ability as as an anti-cancer compound, not as a cancer cure or anything like that, but as, as a preventative measure and a part of, of a regimen, if that's Mm -hmm. something you're doing with, what do you do to unwind and relax? I have, I start out my morning with relaxation that helps the rest of my day go well. So my morning routine is to do 15 to 30 minutes of yoga and then do 20 minutes of meditation in the sauna. Oh, nice. And I'll usually do some meditation and some gratitude and that really sets the tone for my day. So that's something that I've prioritized because I was a person who in the past would have said I've have a lot of anxiety. I wake up worried every day. That is completely flip the script for me. Um, and then when it comes to like unwinding at the end of the day, I, I love to watch Hallmark Christmas movies. They're really cheesy Christmas movies. Yes. They're really formulaic, but they're very relaxing to me. And I like to do a lot of silly things like, you know, going to events that are costume parties or going to these shows like that. Something that gets me a little bit out of my element gets me out of my head. Um, that's most relaxing to me. It's kind of like to forget about Jen for a while (laughs) and just be in the moment. Yeah, I dig it. Um, what's your favorite supplement? My favorite supplement is grass fed liver. What, what brand? We've been doing the Ancient nutrition. I'm terrible at brand names today. Is that um, is that Axes, Dr. Josh Axes? No, it's not that one. And so I might be saying the wrong name. Oh yeah, it's there's it's ancient something. I, I, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. And it's another. It's like a New Zealand source. Yeah, and they've got they've got ones that are like they've got a number of different organs in there mixed. Yeah. In there. Yeah. They do all different organ meats and stuff. We'll put, yeah. we'll put it in the show notes. I know what you're talking liver about. Liver is, yeah, liver is my jam and I don't eat enough of it. So supplements really help me feel well. Is fasting a, a, a wise part of this gaps protocol when people are compromised at the beginning? It depends on if their blood sugar is stable enough to do so. Often when people begin the GAPS diet, their blood sugar is too dysregulated for something like that. But overall, I think it can be useful to just do like a one day, you know, nothing really extended, but to give digestion a complete break. And I am a huge fan of at least having 12 hours in between dinner and breakfast and having a real overnight fast because it's very helpful to let the small intestine run the dishwasher, so to speak, and sweep out anything that shouldn't be there. It's, it's very helpful to, for digestion, particularly with SIBO. Yeah, that seems to be like the minimum for a lot of different um, health-related challenges is like just have 12 hours between, between dinner and your first meal the next day. Um, what have you eaten today? Today, I had scrambled eggs red cabbage sauerkraut, and a little bit of yogurt with cinnamon. That's what my acupuncturist recommended. I eat a bunch of cinnamon, and so I needed to like have a carrier for that this morning. Very cool. Last question. I've thought of it a few times throughout our conversation. Um, raw milk, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, Jen, this has been a lot of fun. Um, and you shared some amazing biohacks for people that are dealing with digestive issues and just um, maybe struggling to get themselves or their kids on board. For people that have enjoyed this, where can they um, where can they stay up to date with what you're working on, projects, things like that? So the best place to find me is my website, which is bodywisdomnutrition.com. 
I have a newsletter there. I blog there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. But to get the kind of insider stuff, I really send to my newsletter. Beautiful. Well, this has been amazing. You were great. I've enjoyed hanging out with you. And um, thank you. Thank you. Fun to be here. Hey guys, Anthony here and wanted to share a really cool opportunity for you to participate in a case study that could get you a free $10,000 Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine. So here's how it works. If you apply for this case study and you're accepted, they will reimburse 100% of your monthly payment for this Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine and inhalation unit. And I get asked all the time, what's my favorite biohack? And right now it is this machine, hands down. It does three things that are incredible and un matched. One, it fixes metabolic syndrome. So if your body's not burning fat the way that it used to, there's a 2010 study in the Journal of Clinical Biochemical Nutrition showing that hydrogen-rich water like you get from the Trucy machine can fix metabolic syndrome and actually improve a lot of the things that are responsible for how well your body burns fat. But it doesn't stop there. It's also an intracellular antioxidant, meaning it's able to get inside your cells where your mitochondria live, those energy powerhouses that make all of your energy. And that energy is what determines how well you age and your risk of disease, right? Well, inside your cells, you also have free radicals. And a lot of those free radicals can damage your mitochondria and affect how well your body makes energy. Trucy molecular hydrogen gets into the cells and protects your mitochondria. So your body makes energy better, you feel younger, and your risk of degenerative diseases goes way down. On top of that, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. This is so important because it decreases your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. And it can also keep you thinking more clearly, keep your memory sharper, and help you avoid those periods of brain fog, cloudy thinking, or just where verbal articulation and recall isn't where you want it to be. So if you'd like to participate in this study, you go to truceh2.com slash biohacks. I'll spell that out for you. It's T-R-U-S-I-O. I, H, and then the number two.com forward slash biohacks. And you click the learn more button on that page that's by the water machines. Apply for the case study. You'll get on the phone with someone from Trucy and they'll see if you're a fit. And if you are, you could potentially have 100% of your monthly payment reimbursed. So you get this incredible $10,000 molecular hydrogen water machine and inhalation unit completely free. Since using mine, I've felt more energy, better mental clarity. I've had my longest breath hold to date. And other clients have talked about seeing improvements in their energy, how they feel in the morning. But what's even cooler is I had a triathlete recently say that her times in the bike, the swim, and the jog had all improved. And the only thing that she changed was drinking this water. So if you guys are looking to ramp up your metabolism and burn more fat more effortlessly, if you want something that gets into your cells and protects the most important asset you have, which is your mitochondria, the thing that makes all of your energy, or you want to stave off your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia, or just keep your mind as sharp as possible, head over to truceh2.com. That's T-R-U-S-I-I-H-2.com forward slash biohacks, and then click the learn more button on that page and apply for the case study and see if you are a fit to participate alongside me and a bunch of other biohackers and get your Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine with an inhalation unit completely free. And I do recommend the one that has the inhalation unit because there's a lot of evidence suggesting that that, when we breathe it in through our nose, it even more effectively crosses the blood-brain barrier and you're able to reap those benefits we discussed on the cognitive side. Thanks a lot, guys, and hope to see you in the case study. 